Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. And so uh, this morning, I would like us to go to the gospel of, can you guess it? Okay. Anybody else got another guess? Where have we been? We've been hanging with our man, Matthew. (laughs) And we're going to hang with him some more today. Uh, Matthew, that's the fourth chapter, and um, we'll be looking uh, at verses 1 through 11. So we're going to do a little reading today, and um, it's going to be in the New King James Version. Uh Uh-oh, media team, I like that screen back there. I can can read that now instead of, okay, praise and pray. Let's give it up for the media team, all right. (laughs) Put a little lyric and everything. All right, so. It says this, it says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit, okay, into the wilderness to be what? To be tempted. To be what? Tempted. One more time. Tempted by the devil. Verse 2 says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, Afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, anybody see it in red? Who's talking? Jesus. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by how many words? (laughs) Every single one of them. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Verse 5 says, then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Okay, then he he started quoting a little scripture. He he said, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up. So go ahead and jump and let them bear you up. (laughs) Lest you dash your foot against the stone. In verse 7, Jesus had a comeback. Come on. How many of you know that Jesus is the comeback king? Don't mess with him now. Jesus said to him, it is written again. Come on. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Come on. You caught that, right? Verse 8 says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. 
And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Verse 10 says, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Verse 11 says, then the devil left him. Smart man. A little, little tardy to the party, but he got it eventually. The devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Mm, thank you, Jesus. The ministry of recovery. And so this morning, the title of today's message is this. Fighting Temptation. Fighting temptation. Now, I know some of us are familiar with the movie. You remember that movie? <laughs> the Fighting Temptations was a movie. Um, it had Cuba Gooding Jr., right? And Beyonce. And it even had a, a, a young uh, Chloe, right? Uh-huh. It had the OJs. It had um, a few people with Melbourne Moore. It was a star-studded movie. If you haven't seen the movie, you should see it. Angie Stone. And then wasn't uh, Samuel Jackson's wife the first lady? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. It's a really good movie. And uh, it's some really good music in that movie, too, right? <laughs> I ain't good enough. But he still, they had the dance moves in that. Listen, they were singing in jail. That's how good. <laughs> Look, some of y'all going to be watching the movie tonight, girl. Look, we might be too the first lady, amen. It? But it's a good movie, but that's not what I'm talking about today. Today's message is fighting temptation. It's like revelation. It don't have no S on it, amen. <laughs> amen. Father, take control of this moment. Speak to us right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, before we move forward, I want to be clear to make note of the fact that last week we talked about the baptism of Jesus. Amen. Didn't we have a, a blessed time last week? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't the spirit moving all through service, even down to the baptism? Amen. And so we talked about the baptism of Jesus. We talked about the heavens opening, the doves or the dove descending, the Father speaking. And do you realize that all of that happened right before this that we're reading about today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday, or, or last Sunday, rather, uh, we were at the end of Matthew chapter 3. And this Sunday, today, we're at the beginning of Matthew chapter 4. There's no accounts in between that one and this one. So this means that Jesus is baptized. The heavens are opening, the dove is descending, the Father is speaking, and now here comes the enemy tempting. Why? Because oftentimes you'll see that on the hills of elevation is temptation. <laughs> and a lot of us don't have to see it in Scripture because we've seen it with our own eyes. We've seen it in our own lives that it seems that elevation is an invitation for temptation. 
And if you have matriculated through levels of advancement in your journey of faith and in your journey of kingdom, then you probably can attest to the old adage that says, new level, what? New devil. Somebody say fighting temptation. If you say, well, Pastor Joe, I don't get tempted. The devil is a liar, so are you. God bless you. Amen. You're going to the top of the prayer list now. <laughs> the very top. <laughs> Jesus, we're reading it here. Jesus, the Holy One, he got tempted. The scripture does say he was hungry, right? So don't you think that he actually would have loved to turn them stones into bread? The flesh in him probably said, you know, that's a good idea. <laughs> don't mind if I do. And so Jesus, the Holy One, was tempted. We all get, got, will be tempted. And so for the number of our earthly days, everybody gets tempted no matter how old or how young you are. Even the seasoned saints get tempted. Huh? Can I get an amen? Ain't that, ain't that a shock? Somebody told me the other week that they love how our church, Wapsi, is a multi-generational church. And I said, you know what? That, that, that's, that's true. We have a good group of millennials. We have the boomers. We have the Gen Zs, we got the Gen Xs, we have the Generation Alphas, those are the little ones. And then after next year, you know, that starts Generation uh, Beta in 2025. And, and we got some babies coming, you know, then. So listen, we got representation in all of them, amen. <laughs> um, so we have young people, we have old people, and we have all in between. And guess what? All of us. We got all of them. We have young people. We have seasoned people. Y'all look like y'all was tempted to come up and jump me. <laughs> Listen, millennials and alphas and them, y'all... I got my back. <laughs> the point is, you all, if we can reel it back in, is that we all get tempted. Somebody tell your neighbor, this word is for you. This word is for you. Yes, from young to seasoned. This word is for you. Because check this out. Can I get an amen? Even when the hormones change, huh? Even when things start to drop and then when the pause comes and when the soldiers aren't marching like they used to. Listen, can I see some, some of you, some of you, some of you, some of you deal with sexual and lustful temptation so heavy that you forget that any other type of temptation exists. <laughs> As soon as the word temptation comes, you think sexual. Yeah, it's okay. 
But how many of you know that there are other temptations that we sometimes don't even realize are temptations? And a lot of us, we're so stressed about certain temptations that the enemy is running amok with other ones that are falling under the radar. Because sometimes you can be tempted to cuss somebody out. Sometimes you can be tempted to slap a person. Huh? Sometimes you can be tempted to eat something you have no business. Ouch. Sometimes you can be tempted to conspire against someone and to operate in something other than your integrity. Sometimes you can be tempted to lie to cover something or someone. Sometimes you can be tempted to rebel against authority in an unrighteous way. Sometimes you can be tempted to dishonor those God has asked you to honor. Sometimes you can be tempted to move ahead of God when he showed you something but not yet prepared you for it. There are all kinds of temptations. Some are seasonal, depending on specific stages of life, specific times and ages and seasons that we'll experience. But some just come with the human experience. And this is the only reason that Jesus was able to be tempted, because you can't tempt divinity, but you can tempt humanity. And I love it because this even serves as evidence to the truth of our Savior being both human and divine. As long as you are human, you are a candidate for temptation. Apostles get tempted. Prophets get tempted. Pastors get tempted. Evangelists get tempted. Teachers get tempted. Preachers get tempted. Deacons get tempted. Bishops get tempted. Teachers, teachers get tempted. I know y'all can't believe Deacon Lorraine get tempted. Even Deacon Lorraine gets tempted. So check this out. If you are dealing with temptation right now, you're in good company. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Let's take a look back at the scripture. Let's crack it open a little bit, shall we? Crack it open just means to, as uh, DJ Prophet Cindy would say, make it real. <laughs> Y'all see that compassion rap battle at Bible study? Come on now, they, they were ready. They, they had it going on. Yes, indeed. Make it real. Let's look at the text again, Matthew 4. 1 through 11, again, we're in the New King James Version, and we're going to march through and stop and make some observations and keep it moving. And so in verse number one, it says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let's park here. I need clarity on that. 
What spirit? What spirit says then Jesus was led up by the spirit? Okay, let's look at the amplified of that. Matthew 4 and 1. And the amplified. I need to be blessed by somebody's bracket. <laughs> yes, indeed. Matthew 4 and 1. Let me pull it up in my amplified. And it says this, it says, then Jesus was led by the what? Holy. Uh-oh, there's a bracket there that just blessed us. Was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Uh-oh. Are we suggesting that the Spirit of God invited this temptation? No, we aren't suggesting it. We're reading it, Pastor. That's what it says. Huh? Come on, a WPBI student said literal interpretation. Amen. Let me mess with your theology a little bit. What happens when you're being tempted and God set it up? <laughs> he didn't initiate the temptation, but he allowed it. And even invited you into the situation. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, no, no. Get them, prophet. It's quiet as a church mouse, but that's okay. Oh, you're writing it down. That's why. <laughs> this means a few things. This means that being tempted, number one, is not a sin. Being tempted. And that means, number two, being tempted is not necessarily a bad thing. Check this out. Because you can't get victory without a fight. Some of us want victory. Well, you don't think that's going to come with a fight? We all go through storms. We all have met God in a greater way and uh, uh, deepened our relationship with him in storms. Do I have a witness today? Yeah, yeah. You probably got closer to God than you ever have in the middle of a storm, all right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, you know, when you was just chilling on the beach, you know, kick back. You know, oh, kind of like Bishop and Dr. T in Aruba right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're glad y'all made it safely. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're in the middle of a storm, huh? It's something about that that comes with some things that are needful. Your storm may be a health challenge. Your storm may be a financial crisis. Your storm may be temptation. And your storm may be something that God set up. Y'all don't like this gospel. <laughs> Remember when Jesus and the disciples were in the middle of what the scripture calls a great storm? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was the Sea of Galilee. And it's recorded in, I think, three of the four gospels, Matthew being one of them. Uh, indeed, at Wapsi, we know the story because our bishop told us long, long time ago that the lightning was flashing. Come on, somebody. That the thunder was roaring and that the waves were beating up against the ship, right? Now, have we ever pondered that maybe one of the reasons Jesus was asleep is because he already knew about it? 
Maybe, just maybe, he already knew what was about to go down. He already knew that his father sent him on assignment to show them how they had authority over the wind and the waves. <laughs> to show them what it looks like to have peace in the midst of the storm. To show them that they don't have to succumb to the literal pressures of their environment. It begs me to ponder, does Jesus already know about this temptation that I'm facing? And what has he been sent on assignment to show me about it? Or what has he been sent to show me in it? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Also, could it be that I'm in a storm that's not about me? Because we done made it real me. Huh? We done meet it. And it was never about me. Can I be in a storm that God orchestrated because he knew I could handle it, but people around me needed to see how to navigate in it? Oh, Jesus. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. And even still, there are some lessons that I can yet learn in it. Because how many of you know that there are lessons that come with being tempted? There are lessons. Has anybody ever learned the lesson right smack dab in the middle of temptation? Oh, I didn't realize that about me. Oh, I didn't realize that about God. Oh, I didn't realize that about my body. Oh, I didn't realize that about my will. There's some lessons that come when dealing with temptation. Some of us are in a season where we are dealing with new temptations. And some of us are in a season where we are dealing with old temptations. I'm not going to ask you by a show of hands which one you fall under. Because both hands might go up sometimes. And one lesson may be that I don't care how long ago you dealt with the thing. Don't you dare think that you've grown so much. And come so far that temptation of that thing still won't reach you. Oh, I wish I had a witness in here. Has anybody been surprised? Caught off guard? Taken aback? If you will, by the sequel to a movie you thought would never return to theaters. <laughs> you thought the trilogy was enough, but here comes part four. At your spiritual big age, like, hey, big head, <laughs> you miss me? You remember me? <laughs> I wish I had a witness. Because you're never too big and never too far where you're in some sort of temptation safe zone. 
Temptation is a game for which there is no base. There is no get out of temptation free card. And if the enemy can get you to think that the more quote unquote holy you are, the more he can't tag you with temptation, then beloved, you're it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're it and you don't even know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so since temptation is inevitable, and since I also need to get victory in it, what do I do? What do I do? Since you're telling me that it's going to come, and since you're telling me that God knows and he, he okays it and sometimes encourages it, then what do I do? Well, we allow God to leverage temptation for his plan. And we do our part, which is to use the tools and the example of Christ Jesus to win over the enemy. And the victory over temptation, you all, is one you must fight for. That's why this is called fighting temptation. You will not win if you do not fight. Hmm? A lot of times the saints, they know how to get buck on everything but the enemy, on everybody but the devil. But let's buck this. I got an amen. Be ye reminded that if God allowed, Bible study, y'all know how I was saying Wednesday, it's gettable. <laughs> and I was excited whenever the first person got the riddle because it let me know it's gettable. Well, if God allowed the temptation to reach you, I'm here to tell you that victory is gettable. So remove any lie the enemy told you that this just is what it is. I just am what I am. I guess I'll just be fighting this my whole life. Da, 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 da. I can't win. This is just me. This is how I'm built. This is how I'm da, 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 da. No. If you are experiencing temptation and God has allowed for it to reach you, victory is gettable. If not, you wouldn't have got got. Because it would have got blocked. So that's an excuse eliminator. Victory is gettable if you fight for it. And the thing is, if God allowed it to reach you, victory is gettable. And further, if he allowed it to reach you, it's going to elevate you. It's going to make you better, not bitter. It's going to make you have a testimony and not just a test. It's going to sap you. What do I mean by sap you? It's going to make you stronger, wiser, and better. Somebody will get that by Tuesday. You got it? Amen. It's gettable. <laughs> but somebody going to get it by Tuesday. The point is, it's working for you. Somebody shout, it's working for me. It's working for me. Remember, it's producing for you. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we can't, we can't get the, the wine without the press. It's, it's producing for you. If you follow God's plan in it, the trouble, the test, the temptation will literally be your employees. Y'all remember that? 
let me remind you, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. That's 2 Corinthians 4.17. Somebody shout, it's working for me. It's working for me. What is otherwise thought as a weapon can be a tool for training if you leverage it correctly. What you say, Deacon Devin, with gains to go? Some of that equipment up in there. Some of the, have you seen equipment in a gym? Some of that equipment can kill somebody. But what if I told you that the same thing that can kill you can strengthen you if you leverage it correctly, if you follow instructions? If I go in there and try to do my thing, even if it's not going to kill me, it may hurt me because I don't know exactly what I'm doing. But the minute Deacon Devin, the trainer, Coach Dev comes in, he's able to tell me to use the same thing that would have hurt me to strengthen me. And so God is doing with temptation. If you don't know what you're doing, it's intimidating. If you don't know what you're doing, it'll hurt you. It could kill you. But if you listen to the trainer, <laughs> next thing you know, it has strengthened you. And that's just verse one. Y'all ready for verse two? <laughs> Did y'all realize we've been in verse one this whole time? <laughs> Hallelujah. Is it blessing anybody yet? Amen. Verse two says this. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Makes sense, right? Verse 3 says, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, first of all, what do you mean if? That's an insult right there. Don't y'all think that's an insult? And who are you to tell me what I need to do to prove who I already know I am? I don't got nothing to prove to you. And plus, you're asking me to put on an exhibition that I'm not spiritually bound to or scripturally bound to. Let's look at some quick Christian apologetics. Apologetics, you all, literally means defense of the faith. Okay? Defense of the faith. The Greek word apologia means defense, and it's as a lawyer gives at a trial. And so in WPBI um, Associates program, we just finished talking about in last module our response to accusations and claims that may be made by, I don't know, an atheist or somebody who's trying to challenge our faith. Uh, one example is, why do Christians die? If y'all are, are Christians and y'all are, why, why do y'all die like everybody else? And so an example there, the answer would be that no such claim is made in scripture that is concerning the Christian living on earth forever. So you see how like the, the, the opposition will come and ask a question that's not even relevant. 
and so even the ones uh, who were healed, you all, in Scripture, even the people who were raised back to life, like Lazarus, guess what? Lazarus eventually died. Yeah, yeah, he, when he came forth, he didn't die then, but does anybody know Lazarus' address? Does he live anywhere near you? No? Is, is Lazarus anybody's great, 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 still living grandfather? No, because Lazarus eventually died because that's what people do, right? Yeah. And so anyway, one of the tricks of the enemy is to get you to argue a point that Scripture never made. And this is why we have to be knowledgeable of Scripture. And so we respond to him with the truth of Scripture. This is why you need to, to know you some Scripture. We don't respond to him with what we think. We don't respond to him with, you know, logic and with, you know, uh-uh. We respond to him with the truth of the word. And so look at verse number four. That's right, rightly divided. Look at verse number four when Jesus said, it is written, okay? Jesus is quoting scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How many of you know that if Jesus quoted scripture, he quoted Deuteronomy, if Jesus quoted scripture, then we got to quote scripture. What have you been saying about what you've been going through? The temptation I'm talking about. Have you been glorifying the temptation? How do you describe it? What is your language concerning it? And have you ever said to it what God says to it? Let's look at James 4.7 real quick. James 4.7 in the King James Version. It's a familiar scripture to most of us. And it's a short to the point scripture. It says this. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to whom? To God. It says, do what now? Resist the who? devil, and he'll do what? Flee from you. Yeah, yeah. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Anybody want him to flee from you? Yeah, I sure do. Now, uh, Jesus is showing us what it looks like to resist. Yeah, come on and resist. He's, he, he's coming with, with the scripture. Now, notice Jesus didn't resist Satan by ignoring Satan. And I think this is where some of us go wrong because some of us think if I just ignore it, it'll go away. If I ignore him, it'll go away. If I ignore this temptation, then maybe it'll just go away. Somebody say it won't go away. <laughs> In the amplified version of the same scripture, James 4, 7, it says, so submit to in the brackets, the authority of God. It says, resist the devil. In the brackets, it says, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. If you're standing firm against him, that means that it's some sort of, for lack of better words, altercation. You, you, you're not, ah, oh man, I don't want this to be a ghetto word, but you're not ducking no wreck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, like, y'all got it? Like, you, you, you're, you're, you're not, you ain't never scared. Uh, 
Brother Stephen, come on up real quick. So, Brother Stephen, I want you to push me, and let's see what happens. Oh, yeah, now, now, my... Like, not like with no force. Put, all right, put your hands on my shoulder. All right, now push. Okay, okay, there we go, there we go. There we go, you gotta set it up right. We didn't practice, we gotta. Now, I want you to do the same thing. And, yeah, okay, okay, what's, what's happening? What's happening? Huh, I'm, I'm, res I'm resisting, I'm resisting. Go ahead. You can only resist if you resist. If you don't resist, you're just going to fall. But now unto him who's able to keep us from falling. He's given us the recipe to not fail and to not fall. He's given us the strength to resist. If I ignore him, Guess what? That don't mean he's going to ignore me. If I ignore him, that just means that I'm giving him easy victory. But if I resist him and God puts his super on my natural, it's over. I don't care, temptation, how big you are. I don't care how strong you are, and I don't care what your record is. Ask little David who was tending to the sheep. Because you have been describing the temptation as the giant that it is. But what about the God that's backing you? As long as you, listen, you can be the puniest little dude. But as long as you get in position and follow the instruction the results will be as if you're the giant. But you've got to resist. Some of us aren't resisting because we're thinking about our own power. Some of us aren't resisting because we're thinking about our own strength and our own able to, our own resistability. God ain't talking about that. God just says, resist. And once you follow my instruction, there will be a grace that comes upon you for this season, for this moment, where you won't be able to explain it. And once you knock that giant out, all you'll be able to say is, it must be God. It must be God. And so some of us are ignoring temptation instead of fighting temptation, and that's why temptation is winning, particularly in the hidden areas of our lives. Maybe if I don't pray about it. Listen, if you ain't talking to us about it, at least talk to God about it. The enemy is whipping some of us up because we haven't even been mentioning it in prayer.
Christian apologetics is not a matter of saying nothing. It's a matter of saying the right thing. Verse 5 says this, Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Verse 6 says, And said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Verse 11 concludes, then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now, what I want you to notice here is how many times that Satan came back to talk that talk, to misquote scripture, at least out of context, to whisper lies in Jesus' ear. And this was Jesus. And look how many times Satan came to mess with him. But also, and more importantly notice, as many times as Satan tempted, Jesus resisted. As many times as Satan tempted, Jesus resisted. Today, in large part, for a lot of you, it's about, it's about getting back in the ring. It's about getting your fight back. And I'm in your corner today motivating you to get back in there and fight. Fight back. Because get this, as long as you fight with God, you will win. Amen? The reason this message is called fighting temptation is because temptation is a fight. Somebody say it's a fight. Temptation doesn't just go away. Temptation doesn't just subside. It won't flee at being ignored. It will flee at being resisted. Temptation must be fought. And y'all want to know what it must be fought with? Y'all want to know? Got three things, but I think I'm going to tell you next week. Amen? Come on, let's give God some praise. Come on, listen. He's the God of the cliffhanger. Hallelujah. Amen. I think we're going to wait till next week. It's three things. You can, you can put three spaces in, in your notes. <laughs> you got enough to fight this week. Hallelujah. <laughs> the first letter? D. D. Yep, yep. The second one? D. The third one? D. All right? <laughs> was anybody blessed today come on let's stand to your feet all over the building hallelujah let's give God another big hand clap of praise for speaking to us this way concerning temptation sure enough right after the scripture we read in Matthew 3 here comes Matthew 4 and such is life but we have got to be ready and we've got to be able to pull on what God has given us 
regarding our weapons to fight back, to fight back, to resist the enemy. And Scripture shows us, and some of us, we, we've experienced it. We, we just have grown a little tired of fighting, but it's okay. There's a grace for this moment and this season that is going to enable you to get your fight back. Even in a way that this time you'll be including tools that will give you sweatless victory. Anybody receive that? In the, it won't be as hard as it has been. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It won't be as hard. Listen, your relationship with it is about to change. It won't feel needful anymore. The, the taste of it won't be there, which is going to help the temptation of it. There's a grace. There's a grace. Whew. There's a grace. There's a grace in the room. There's a grace in the room. Receive the grace. Receive the grace. Hallelujah. Whew. He wants to do the heavy lifting. Receive the grace.